This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Wes Dreskel, Kaylee, Eric, Danielle, The Letter, Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, do so in the Facebook group or Discord server where Mikey will send you DMs daily. What? <laughs> uh, we launched that program where we have mental health clinicians in the police car to answer mental health calls, right? Right, right. right. So I, I do it a couple times a week, too, to like fill in the gaps and do things like that Yeah. Uh, instead of just supervising it. So we were out on a call at an apartment complex where someone overdosed. They needed an ambulance. We got him help and all that stuff. We get back in the police car and I turned the officer and I was like, that morning coffee really hit me. Like, we've got to go back to the station very soon or I'm going to shit my pants. (laughs) (laughs) And then we hear a knock on my window and I turn and it's all the apartment staff who are out watching what was happening. And the guy was like, hey, your PA system is on. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin on Page. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch The Blair, Blair Witch, Witch Project. <laughs> yes. Now, have you guys seen this movie before? Uh, yes. And, and before I jump into it, I know I sound bad. If you didn't listen to Romancing the Pod, it's because I have COVID. Don't worry. I'm not going to die. It's going to be fine. Uh my favorite thing about it, though, was I listened back to Sleepaway Camp and I can hear it's like I can hear myself getting sick. Yeah. During the episode, like you can hear it in my voice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you'll probably hear it in this one, too. Just heads up. Uh, but I saw this when I was much, much younger. I want to say at a sleepover or something. And at the time and I'll talk about this a lot in fun facts. There was a rumor that it was real. Right. That was the whole marketing for this. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I remember that very vividly. I remember it too. Well, and I will talk about that at length at the end. But even as a teenager, I was like, I don't think that shit's real. If it was real, they wouldn't put it on a movie. No one would show actual deaths like that just in a movie. The footage would be in an evidence locker at a police station at the very least, right? It wouldn't be on our screens. Right. Or it would be like some real documentary, not just like in the movie theater. So I like never believed it was real. But there were people that I like went to school with who believed it was real long after people came out and said it wasn't real. Um, (laughs) I mean, I went to school with dumb people too. I get it, (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, okay. To defend their side, I'm not gonna... (laughs) <laughs> to defend their side. They like totally like made it ambiguous and you and everyone kind of knew it wasn't real, right? But it was fun to like play into that. No, a lot of people did not know that it wasn't real. There's a lot of dumb people out there. I, yeah, like, I know. For me, common sense said there's no way this is real. But having the arguments with those people was really funny. Dude, I, I vividly remember I'm not gonna blow up this person's spot. I remember the person arguing that it was real, and I remember <laughs> presenting my arguments of like, no. It would have A, been on the news, and B, we wouldn't be watching that footage, and C, they wouldn't just make a movie out of it. Like, this doesn't make sense with the way life happens. And he was like, no, no, it's real. It's real. And I was just like, remind me never to trust you in a moment of stress. Because, <laughs> like, I, uh, but his sister one time 
did not understand how credit cards worked. So, like, it ran in the family. It's complicated. No, it's not. It's not not at all complicated. It's just a piece of plastic, and you just, like, use it, and then, like, you don't have the money, but then they charge you later. No, the best part is, Mikey, you never have to pay that credit card bill. They would prefer you do. That's why I use Todd's credit card information (laughs) that I got from the Twitch stream. From Twitch. I knew it was you, you son of a bitch. (laughs) We we were trying to explain to her that the strip on the card was magnetized and that that's what it's like scanning. Oh, she didn't understand the physical concept of like cards. Yes. And so she oh, was like, okay. no, this isn't magnetic and was like trying to like stick it to fridges and stuff. Yeah, that's different. I was talking about like the concept of credit and like credit score and like. No, 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 no. I, I mean, like we couldn't even get to that part. We were stuck on the plastic piece. And so. What's a freak? score (laughs) (laughs) so essentially when i consider the fact that her younger brother really thought this movie was real it makes sense i guess man they must have been so dumb so when i saw this i thought this was real and um (laughs) it was terrifying Paige. todd please please tell us your story about seeing it i want to know what your thought process was hold on i want to tell i want to tell okay so i saw it homecoming night okay sophomore year okay i saw it with my date at her house at a homecoming party back when i could not read signals of women she totally was flirting with me and i could have made out with her that night and i did not allison i apologize (laughs) allison he's sorry you two never made out allison i'm sure you're fine (laughs) yeah i'm sure you're better for not having made out with Mikey, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah, you dodged a bullet. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Keep on keeping on. You did great. <laughs> she was a great date. It was fun. Yeah, she's the um, one that got away, Mikey. I get but it. But it was like, su- no. <laughs> no. She escaped uh, with her life. Yeah. <laughs> they all get away. Like, get away, like, escaped. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You are the Dennis of this podcast for yeah. sure. You're standing in a corner and she's running away with the camera. Is dating me like a relationship? <laughs> is it like an escape room? Yeah. <laughs> Bring a black light. Look for keys and orifices. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I did a lot of escape rooms. Apparently very sexy escape rooms. Yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) I've never looked for a key in an orifice. Man, you're not living. That's where the key (laughs) to someone's heart is. When you start one of those parties, you put all the keys in an orifice and then everyone takes them out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the key to a man's heart's through his orifice. (laughs) Orifices. Sorry. Uh, Okay, Uh. we're getting off track and dirty. (laughs) We gotta get back on track. What I want you to tell us now is the fabled story of Todd seeing Blair Witch in high school. Yeah, okay. I've told this story a few times on the podcast, so if you've heard it before, apologies. If you haven't heard it, here it is. I saw this in high school. I went on what I would call, but she would probably not call a date, although we may figure out later (laughs) the answer to that question. And I agreed to go to this movie because... I wanted to impress this girl who I had a huge crush on in high school. Her name was Rachel, uh, and she went with us, and I... She seems super nice. She really is. Like, And I'll say this, like, we have not really kept in touch since uh, we both graduated high school, so it's been years since we talked. Mm-hmm. But like, I ran into her at Target. Natalie and I ran into her at Target not too long ago, and we chatted for a bit. She's super nice, happily married to someone I played soccer with in high school. All right, get to it. Anyway, so we go to the movie. This is probably the third, fourth horror movie I've seen in my life. And this was definitely a 10 on our scary scale for me when I saw it in the theater. So scared. I was squirming in my chair. I was like, like hiding my face. Anyway, 
The movie ends. I run back to the car, <laughs> wait for her because she drove. It was just terrible. The whole thing was terrible. And then that was our only date. All right. So I reached out to Rachel this week <laughs> because I was curious about her side of the story. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, breaking news. With a Rachel update, Mikey Randolph. Rachel was kind enough to have a conversation with me. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so sorry, The first Rachel. thing she said was, I did not know it was a date till this moment. <laughs> it probably wasn't a date. Yeah. Because it was a group of people. I, I <gasps> Listen, I have always said that it probably wasn't a date. This is not how date. you have told the story. She said, I don't think it was a date. Another guy named Eric was there. Eric? Eric. I need to reach out and get your side of the story. <laughs> also, Dustin was there. There was more than it was. Like I said, it was a group of people. Well, that's not a date, Todd. Like we need to get back to like fundamentals. Um, No, no, no. If you grew up in the church, that is a date. I understand yeah. the confusion. Thank you, Paige. I, I get it. Five dudes and Rachel is not a date. Well, here's the tough part and why group dates are flawed. All five <laughs> of those dudes think they're on a date with Rachel. And they all were, Paige. And they all were. <laughs> it's reverse Mormonism right there. It's proto-bachelorette. Yeah. Honestly, we were sitting on a gold mine, just didn't see it. I'm sorry, you do not get the popcorn this evening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but that, I mean, that's very much a church thing of like, everyone goes out together and you like have a crush on somebody who's going to be there. Yeah. And you're like sitting with them and it's like this whole thing in your mind of like, this is a thing, but because no one has outwardly communicated it, people have very different understandings and expectations of what's happening at the event. Yeah. So what Paige described is exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Paige, for understanding it. You're welcome. Well, she does not recall other men besides you and Eric. Well, I mean, I know for a fact <laughs> Dustin was there. She does say, we were all scared. We screamed. At the end of the movie, I made them walk me to my car, and I drove them both to their cars. Yes, because I, I rode with Dustin. It's been like 20 years, but I still feel scared. And then I was like, I'm going to use all of this information to make fun of Todd on the podcast. So she goes on this rambling, incoherent rant about how nice you are. <laughs> Oh, that's very sweet, Rachel. He's such a great guy. Oh, We're no. still friends. Todd has great hair. I'll never forget <laughs> what a kind person he was. Have a great summer. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? She said those exact things in my yearbook when she signed it. <laughs> Todd's a great guy. He's got great hair. <laughs> she said she's, a, she's had her and her husband are fans of both podcasts and listen, so I hope that they really enjoy this episode. But you've been lying to Paige and I for years. <laughs> So many years have you been lying about this date, Todd, that it's a tradition. No, see, here, it is a tradition. I understand that accidental lie. I'm going to call that accidental. I'm going to give Todd a mulligan. Fine. I think Fine. it's fair. And I have said before, I remember that I wasn't sure if it was a date or not, but it felt like a date to me because I was a stupid high schooler, you know? Anyway, thank you for letting me indulge. I thought that would be fun. Yeah, Rachel, thank you for uh, talking to Mikey and allowing him to destroy the fantasy that I had about our youth together. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so what did y'all think about rewatching the movie today? Oh my God, I was still scared watching it. Today, really? I was still scared watching it. Yes, it is so Creepy. Right, Todd, I'm done with you. Paige, um, 
I found this movie like very not scary and very kind of annoying oh, wow. in my later days. Um, yes, I, the camera work was very frustrating. Now, granted, this is like one of the first found footage movies. Like no one had ever done this before. For what it is at the time, I thought it was it scared the hell out of me the first three times I saw it when I was a child. I could not escape it. It was boggling my mind how much it reminded me of the ritual. And how much it made me like the ritual more. <laughs> like, the longer I watched it, I was like, oh. all of these story points are kind of in the ritual in a better way. I'll agree with that. I loved the ritual as a horror movie. I think it was a great, yeah. great movie. And I feel like it does this. It's not found footage, though, which is... They're it's, two it's different not... sort of genres, but I feel like it's by far the superior, like, Woods movie. Paige hates right. found footage. But, I mean, Blair Witch pretty <laughs> much invents found footage. I mean, it, it that's does. significant. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is significant, and I tend to not like found footage. However, I understand its place in the horror community. I do respect it as an idea. I think it has merit. I think sometimes when it's done amazingly well, it is fucking terrifying. Like, Deborah Logan is found footage. Fucking terrifying. Oh, Last that's Exorcism. so scary. Fucking terrifying. Both like, of those movies really got me, yes. Yeah, and and so I kept thinking to myself, what if somebody made like remade this now with what we know we can do with found footage, with a tighter story, and we would get almost like a found footage version of the ritual. And I was like, ooh, I'm kind of here for that. And then I just started wishing that's what I was watching. But I do, I will say, even now, some of the story points they set up are very freaky. And it, the camera work is so distracting from it. But like the things they find hanging in the woods, like some yes. of that imagery is still yeah. I hate it. very creepy. Yes. And while... I don't find this movie scary, really. I do think that there is still some gold hidden in them woods for this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree completely. Mike, what did you think rewatching it now for the fifth or sixth time, I'd imagine? Yeah, probably something okay. like that. I mean, I, I think it's aged. I think I've watched a lot of horror movies, and I think found footage has gone way beyond this. I mean, at the time, you didn't know if it was real or not. I mean, they didn't show anything, really, but it was terrifying. Yeah. Because it looks, it looks real. Now... Especially after watching Age of Adeline last week. <laughs> Her transatlantic accent that she does for the first half of the movie. She's like, I'm going to see the Blair Witch. See? Yeah. And I, I couldn't. I have notes. I have notes on that. We'll talk about it in fun facts. Like, I can't. I can't watch a high school play production of Blair Witch. <laughs> Although. If your high school puts on Blair Witch, I will oh, do that. Oh, that'd be that. fucking hilarious. I want to see a found footage play. <laughs> that would be great. I actually, this watching this movie again today gave me a really good idea for a horror script that I'm not going to talk about because I'm going to take a crack at it. Do it. I will say that the, the movie is like super well paced and it's short. I mean, but it, it like it like gets there. It's like 82 minutes long. It's quick. The first 20 minutes is kind of like set up, kind of like documentary, like Ooh, yeah. we found out about the Blair Witch and they just go in the woods and then they like they're screwed by like 30 minutes after that yeah i i will say I, I think the first half of this movie is paced really well and the last section is paced really well there is a section in act two where it's like 15 percent story 85 percent arguing that gets really tough to get through after a while yes and you're just like what like there's a whole day wasted i would say also i would say that i would give what's her face was it heather yeah heather's the girl yeah I would give her a hard time if I was stuck in the woods with her. So I had it in my notes because I was like, I understand them being mad. I have been on a film shoot mm -hmm. that was not planned well. Yep. I get 
his anger. But then when you find out that he threw the map away, I was like, stab him. Yeah, <laughs> like, you'll never find his body, Paige. Well, okay, I have one <laughs> serious question. Since it's Heather, Mike, and what's the other guy? Josh. Josh. Josh, and they're friends, and it's just them three in the woods. Do you think Mike considers it a date? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Church rules say it is. Yes, thank you, Paige. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess... On that laugh line, we should get into the fucking movie, you jerk. Yeah, I'm killing it today. I, I, I feel it. <laughs> feeling good today. Oh, before we get into the movie, let me say this. I think the reason this type of movie gets me specifically is because sort of like the reason Jaws was so scary for me, you never really see anything like you never see the witch in this like it's just creepy imagery and then it literally is quick camera turns and i'm like expecting to be scared and then that scares me it's terrible i hate it so like this is specifically what gets me in horror that's what i like yeah. about this movie like yeah camera work aside pacing aside acting aside i do like that they show you creepy imagery throughout so yeah. it does create a sense of dread and then you never see what happens. And that was, if you remember correctly, one of my complaints about the ritual is that we saw the monster. Now, granted, they do an amazing job with that monster. That's like a best case monster scenario. It really is. That movie's great. And I still was like, I don't know, but what if you never saw the monster? <laughs> so, like, I agree with you. <laughs> no, I'm with you. But, but uh, it masterfully does. Like, so I think the two scariest scenes are when the, the hands touch the tent and they run out holy shit yes and she's screaming what is that over there what is that over there and you expect the camera to like show it and they don't see it you don't catch it you don't catch it you yeah. never catch it it's just swinging and then the same with the basement thing it's just like and it's terrifying because you feel it coming you know the anticipation for for me the one the one that really gets me because you you kind of heard the story about coffin rock and everything yeah at one point she when they kind of find all the stick people yeah. She just kind of angles the camera up and just goes, oh, my God. And it's just a giant hanging stick person. And yeah. I was just like that. That is like the scene in the ritual where they get to the house and they find the altar. Yes. That's that equivalent for me. And I'm like, OK, see, the, like, I'm still not super scared of this movie. I knew it was coming, but that imagery is great. Yeah, it really so. is. All right, let's get into the movie. So, yeah, let's get into this movie, though. No title, like, no credits. Right, because this actually happened. Yeah, this is yeah. actually happened. It's real, recovered footage. Oh, Paige, we actually have, like, a witch story in Tennessee, like, near us in Nashville the called Bell The Witch. Bell Witch. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the Bell Witch is, like, famous. That's, like, a thing. Yeah. Like, uh, last podcast did a couple of episodes on The Bell Witch. They did. Yeah. Anyway, so we just get a title that says The Blair Witch Project. And then we get a block of text that says, in October 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A year later, their footage was found. And we cut immediately to them prepping the cameras. Yeah. And they're basically packing and practicing their camera work because they're not experienced cinematographers. I mean, Josh is the quote-unquote cinematographer. Uh, Heather has the the video camera and then they go to pick up Mike who does sound. Yeah. But this movie is so old that the handheld camera that Heather it's has a 16. Yeah. But it has yeah. tapes. It's a tape yeah. like camera. And the other camera, the black and white camera is a legit film camera. And yeah. you can see like the cartridge for the film that they're using to shoot. Like, 
That's how old this movie is. Yeah, and it's they specifically uh, they they talk about it in the movie that they sh- they're shooting on sixteen millimeter. Yeah, and so every time they ask for that camera specifically, they ask for the sixteen. Yeah, and then when they ask for the video camera, it's the DAT because that's the difference between the two. Yeah, only one of them can record sound. Yeah, so like that's the difference. So if you're so if it's ever confusing when they're like coming out of the the tents and they're like, oh, we need to get sound for this. Why that would be a separate thing. That's why. And also the 16 millimeters in black and white because yes. they pr- probably could only afford black and white. Yeah, because this was shot legit on film. Like that, that is a film yeah. camera they shot on. And the fact that you have a sound person that captures sound independent of the film is still common today. Like that's very yeah. common today. That's essentially why slates are used. Yeah, that is why slates are used. And if you are filming on actual film stock, absolutely. Even if you're yeah. filming digital, you might still have a boom operator to get better sound. I use it all the time. Like we have digital cameras and I use a, I have a boom to get, you know, overhead sound. Yeah, and yeah. You have to slate. Yeah. So they pick up Mike at his mom's house and it seems like Josh knows Mike, but Heather doesn't know Mike. So they're, it's kind of a new group. They don't super know each other super well. Right. They go to the store to get supplies, and then we get a series of, uh, I think we've talked about it before when we've done found footage movies, talking heads, where you interview somebody. Yeah. And so we get a series of talking heads talking about the legend of the Blair Witch. And we only get just a kind of snippet of people being like no I, I haven't really heard of it I know there's a Blair High School around here but like yeah I don't know much about it yeah that was like there was one girl who was like I don't know anything about it but my sister went to Blair High School and then they sort of cut away to like another lady and she's holding her I think her daughter and she's sort of giving some information about the Blair Witch that's later so oh, oh that's okay. actually yeah that's a couple yeah, scenes Todd. later my bad. I don't know I mean, like the first 20 minutes is just like people talking. I have no idea. (laughs) There was actually a ton more of that footage that was like the legend of the Blair Witch that all ends up on the cutting room floor when they finally edit the movie later. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll talk about it in fun facts. Okay. But also, you've unlocked a fun fact. My sister went to Blair High School. Uh, One of the writer-director duo, his sister went to Blair High School, and that's why they named it Blair Witch. Oh, no shit. Okay. Oh, nice. So he just like picked it. He's like, that's a name. You know, or whatever. We cut to a local cemetery where they are essentially getting, like, the intro to their documentary. And this is where she's like, Burkittsville, formerly Blair. It's a small town, and 200 families settled here 200 years ago. And most of them are still here, some of them in the cemetery or down in the town. And then she remarks that there's an unusual number of children in the cemetery, and most passed in the 1940s, but no one seems to remember anything unusual happening during that time. The legend tells a different story. Evidence is all around etched in stone. This is where we get the second set of interviews. So now they start to find people who actually kind of know some of the story. Yeah. So one guy actually tells them a story about a guy named Mr. Parr, who was a hermit on the mountain. And he comes down and confesses to a series of child murders where he would take children in pairs, make one face the wall, kill the other one, and then kill the one that was facing the wall. Yeah. Uh, And then others talk about uh, that there was an old Blair Witch on the mountain and it's kind of this almost like a like a Bloody Mary or a La Llorona where it's like she's going to come get you if you're bad. And it's a thing that you tell children. So it's kind of a common story. But then they find a woman named Mary Brown who supposedly encountered 
the Blair Witch. And that's the lady at the trailer? That's the lady in the trailer. Oh, man. She did a great job. She's very convincing in this. It's super disturbing. It's super yeah. disturbing. There's also, so she's got a, a gate made out of wood sticks. Yes. Like banded together, which is very remarkable for later. But, yeah. you know. I remember when we initially watched this when I was in high school, I had the thought of, oh, I bet she's the witch. Mm. And you had the thought of like, does she like me? <laughs> I don't know. Eric's here. But that's not what I was thinking about the movie. Yeah, what about Eric? What is what's his deal? He probably had more of a chance. Does he have better hair than me? <laughs> apparently ah! not. I've got good hair, apparently. What do his feet look like? Honestly, Ooh, that's why yeah. I kept my shoes on the whole time. <laughs> Todd, you'd be good in a situation like this because you could just run up trees. <laughs> I bet that's why he was really good at soccer. He could literally catch and throw. <laughs> <laughs> I was good at soccer. <laughs> <laughs> While they're interviewing Mary Brown, she is clutching a Bible the whole time. Yeah. Which I find very interesting. And if you look really close, it says Striper on it. <laughs> <laughs> so she tells a story about how she went fishing by the creek and something approached her that seems to have horse fur. And this is where in my notes it just said Sasquatch question mark. Todd's feet, yes. Well, but then <laughs> then it reveals that she had a shawl and when she opened her shawl, she was hairy head to toe, but she seemed to be female and she had like oh, yeah. a strange looking face. Um, but then as they're driving away from interviewing Mary Brown, they're like, yeah, she also says that she's a ballerina and a scientist and a historian. I do not think she is of sound mind. Yeah. But it's really interesting looking back now because it had been years since I had seen this. Having seen this now in more modern day with more of an understanding of cryptids. Yeah, that's a very interesting note. And I bet there's a lot more of that in the parts that hit the cutting room floor. Um, but it sounds very it sounds like some Slavic myths that exist around forest creatures, which I find very interesting. I mean, that sort of sounds like the monster from the ritual, to be honest with a you. A little bit, yeah. a little bit, yeah. The Yotun, yeah. I think is what it's called. Or, yeah. I mean, just straight up like a Bigfoot, you know? I'm telling you, fucking Bigfoot, except that she had <laughs> hooves. Anyway, so we cut to them in the car driving out to the hotel. They're basically going to stay in a hotel that night, and then the next morning they're going to set out into the woods. And so they're in the hotel drinking beer and scotch, which like... I found this very believable, because they're college yeah. students, and college students will just drink anything. They'll they drink like, fucking anything. Yeah, they haven't like yeah. settled in on like what is their drink. They're like, beer and scotch? Sure, that sounds great. Yeah, they go to the liquor store and they reach for alcohol. Then they look at the price tag and then they just reach lower and lower yeah. and lower <laughs> until I've picked up a tequila called Pepe Lopez. That's Pepe in a plastic Lopez. bottle. <laughs> uh, a little, little pop-off vodka. Um, I have, I remember at one party in college where we had no money, drinking two buck chuck mixed with Coca-Cola. Because that was like what oh, we had. Yeah. It's the real cheer wine. Yeah, real cheer wine. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Todd's face is just like, Ugh. I mean, I've never had alcohol in my life, but both of the drinks that you guys just described sound terrible. They are terrible because you're, you're college students who have no money and you have to rely on the person old enough to buy yeah. booze to buy booze. As an adult, drinking is more enjoyable, but also your body hates you more for it. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, binge drinking is not as enjoyable. <laughs> That's true. I, I would say that, like, as a younger person, you could drink 
almost anything and then get up the next day and be like, let's do it again. And then as like a 20 something, I was drinking much better stuff. But then the next day would be like, why? Why did I do this? What happened to me? (laughs) Why does my head feel like it's full of cement and my intestines are on fire? Because they got to open those guts. Got it. Bye. Good night. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Paige, to your point, the next day they wake up feeling like shit. They even sort of talk about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because they're hungover. They're hungover. But nevertheless, They head out into the woods, and they make their way to Coffin Rock. Coffin Rock! It's like Norwegian death metal. It's Coffin Rock. (laughs) It's Coffin Rock. Real real rock and roll. Uh, So they encounter some guys fishing, and they ask them about the Blair Witch. And I would call this, like, the harbinger. Sure, yeah, but I do love this dynamic because it's one older guy who's like, yeah, I've seen it. It ain't pretty. You better watch out. And the other guy's like, you ain't seen shit. (laughs) He's just like giving him shit about it. I loved it. I like I like the old guy being like, you damn fool. Kids will never learn. And then the young guy being, I seen a gray mist rising up from the water on the trees. And then the, the younger guy just being like, you haven't seen shit in years. You need to go to an optometrist. You're an alcoholic. <laughs> You're seeing fog. It's fog. Yeah. But there were five of them there because it's the, the three yep. main characters and then the two people fishing. So that's a date. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think the fish had a chance? <laughs> I think we find out, Mikey, no, the fish didn't have a chance. The fish did not have she a She married chance. Josh. And Mike married the fog. Um. <laughs> what I like about her is that she's very transparent. <laughs> the fog? <laughs> Always ready and wet. <laughs> We know we've hit like comic pay dirt when Paige's face crinkles up and she's just like, Ew. Oh, no. I don't think pay dirt's the right word. It's page dirt. <laughs> the only problem about dating the fog is that it's just hard to see the future together. Because it's foggy, Paige. Yes. I, yeah. You got to turn on your fog lights and drive slow. Yeah. The fog is a classy lady. Yeah. So they also tell them the story of Robin Weaver, who's a little girl who just disappears into the woods, gets lost. And then three days later, she just appears back on her grandmother's porch like nothing was wrong. But she's talking about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. Ooh. It is very scary. <laughs> I don't like is it. it. Yes. I don't like this at all. I feel like floating is like not the scariest. Floating is pretty damn. I mean, like when you're not supposed to float. But like never touch the floating is scary if like you're touching the ground and then you're not touching the ground and you go back and forth. If you're just floating the whole time, it's a little ridiculous. I mean, but no one's supposed to float. So like that, like if you're not in space, that should be concerning. Floating should be cause for concern. It's just not as scary because then it's like it floated up to you. And then it's like, do you want to go back to my house? And then it floated on back to its house. And then it was like, <laughs> come on back to my place. I'm old it's, Greg. Yeah. It's floating yeah, in the kitchen, it. making dinner. What are you doing like, in my wall with us? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go up the tree and it floats up the tree. Mikey, if anyone ever floats up to you, run away from that person. Run away. This is okay. This is Paige's rules. Don't trust the Fae and fucking run away from anyone who's floating. Well, they may float, but I sting like, like a, a bee. bee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like when Paige just moves on. 
<laughs> yeah, eventually you gotta. So they eventually find uh, Coffin Rock. They drive up up to the woods. They hike through the woods. They find Coffin Rock. Yes, it was quite the undertaking. Coffin <laughs> 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 <Kevin> Rock! <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever time you say it. I wrote that joke, and I thought, and for the first time ever, it was funny. That was great. They might find that in these forests, they're in grave danger. <laughs> oh, no, here's executioner. <laughs> anyway, she tells the story of Coffin Rock. She reads it from a book. Coffin Rock! Coffin Rock! And at... Coffin Rock! Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Five men were there in the woods on a date. On a, yeah, on a date. You son of a bitch. And something, something or someone built a structure out of them while they were alive and able to struggle, but removed their intestines. And then another set of travelers through the forest found them, ran to get help. By the time they came back. All the bodies were gone. Yeah. Their hands and feet were tied together. Like, so like one person's right. hands were tied to another person's feet and so on. Yeah. And one, and it talks about how it was a structure that seemed to be made it's of. It's made of men. It's made of men. It's a structure that's made, made of, of men. men. Hands and feet. Do you guys, I mean, okay. Counterpoint. Oh yeah. The Blair Witch just likes to start relationships with the good foundation. <laughs> She's into Shibari. So it's starting to rain, and they s- decide to set up the tent. And Mike ends up farting in the tent. I just think that's important to note. I don't know. I found this conversation somewhat funny because she's talking about you wouldn't let me smoke in the tent, but you're going to let him fart in the tent. He's like, hey, I didn't say he had a fart allowance. And I now want to incorporate the terminology of fart allowance (laughs) into my life. I thought that was very funny. Oh, man. Uh, If I had a fart allowance, I would fail at all times. (laughs) I don't fart that much. I don't believe you. (laughs) Honestly, it's odd. (laughs) Yeah, I would say so. You look like you fart a lot. I Thank you. That's very (laughs) racist. I do think it's very odd that you would lie about that. (laughs) <laughs> I, do, I i'm not i'm not lying like you can ask alexa or whatever because like she's like talking it up that her farts are like the devil's whisper and like <laughs> <laughs> wow okay so that's my new band name i was like i just don't fart that much i was like it's just not something that i do a lot i mean do you not know what the word fart means no i do like i just don't i'm just like i'm not doing that all the time but Paige, when he does oh they're nuts man he like lifts off his chair <laughs> not true it's just odd because i am like a bigger guy and like i would think so too if i was you i think i fart a regular amount i don't know i don't know how much a regular amount is it's like maybe one or two a day what mikey there might be something wrong with you you should get that checked out maybe honestly have you thought about just removing the plug (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm like a little person size i'm just inflated There's nothing wrong with floating. I'm a hot air balloon. <laughs> this all makes sense now. He's not afraid of floating. He's full of farts. Hot full, air rises. Full of farts. All of this makes sense. It's not that many. It's just not that many. Mike, he just floats out of the room. <laughs> I poop a normal amount. Thank you for the update. I appreciate that. <laughs> 
Wait, how much do you think is a normal amount for pooping? Now, now I have two question. Well, if you want to hear about if you want to hear about my BMs, you got to hit me with with those DMs. <laughs> so, ladies, if you want to know how much Mikey poops, reach out to his DMs for the info. Uh, I'm guessing it's like six or seven times a day, Paige. No, it's like one. <laughs> Paige right now is reaching out to your DMs. She grabbed her phone. <laughs> <There's> a... <laughs> she literally just wrote in our Facebook Messenger chat that we use, Mikey, how much do you poop? <laughs> to which Mikey responded, one to two times a day. <laughs> okay, that, that's normal. But are you getting all your farts out then? I don't understand. I'm confused. I'm still kind of sick. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I obviously fart when I poop. I mean, so those don't count. I mean, those count. I feel like those count. Okay, then maybe I, I don't know, then four or five a day. I need you to make a chart and keep track. I I need shape, consistency, size. (laughs) Sound. Does it sound like a question or a statement? (laughs) (laughs) wow we are talking way too much about poop and farting (laughs) that's a question well i've started dieting again so i'm sure it'll all get much worse oh yeah eat some salads man that shit will go off roughage all right so blair witch does she like cheating (laughs) or what's her deal well okay so they filled the tent with farts something mikey (laughs) isn't capable of doing apparently (laughs) why am i embarrassed by this i don't know (laughs) i don't know i've managed to make you embarrassed for not farting but i consider it an achievement (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the dumbest episode we've ever done I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we cut to the next day. They're looking at the map and Heather's like, I know where we're going. They're like, bullshit. You got us lost. She's like, well, we're not lost now. I know where we are at. It's fine. So they walk through the forest and it's clear that like she doesn't fully know where they're going. Yeah, she's David Swimmer in Band of Brothers. Oh, that's a good reference that eight people will get, but you're absolutely right. (laughs) Like, they know enough to be dangerous, but not enough to actually get people to where they're supposed to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. He reads maps very poorly, Paige, and he gets fired from leading Easy Company. He technically doesn't get fired. He gets promoted out of the, uh, like, combat battalion. That's America, baby. Yeah. Failing (laughs) upward. As we call it in normal parlance, he and the map were on a break. (laughs) I bet he farts. Anyway, so. David Swimmer, if you want to uh, address these allegations. uh, Let us know. Let let us know if you fart. Reach out to Mikey's DMs. And uh, (laughs) actually, everyone, if you want to just let Mikey know how much you fart, DM Mikey your schedule of farting per day. I wonder if I could sell those DMs to people. That seems like a real specific niche for money. Mikey, you didn't have to start an OnlyFarts, but you could totally do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you for that great butt plug. (laughs) 
like a like a plug for something. God yeah. damn it, that was great. I love this episode can, so much already. You can follow me on OnlyFarts and TikTok, <laughs> on Twitter, where she is. Oh my god, Rampage Wesley on OnlyFarts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely oh. Rampage on yeah. OnlyFarts. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is Tajay Fartsum, <laughs> and Mikey is just Mikey Randolph. Because <laughs> I don't fart. <laughs> exactly. That was my joke. Yes. Hey, I don't believe that you don't <laughs> fart. <laughs> it is impossible. I would like to apologize for anyone who was like, hey, the horror version sounds like a fun podcast. Oh, I like the Blair Witch. I'll listen to this one episode. Man, there's a lot going on. I apologize. <laughs> Are not going on, depending on who you believe. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> this might be the funniest episode we've done ever. It's going to give House 2 a run for its money for show. <laughs> okay, we we got to get... Not much happens in this movie, but we got to get through it. We're only 54 minutes in, Paige. <laughs> yeah, this 82-minute movie is going to take us three and a half hours to get through. <laughs> oh, my God. So they find a dead mouse on the trail, and she keeps kind of like, oh, we're only 90 minutes away. I know where we're going. I know where we're going. They argue about it considerably, and they don't understand the map. And they start to get mad at Heather for constantly filming it. But miraculously or not, they actually find stuff. Yeah, they say they're looking for a graveyard, and I don't ever think they get to that graveyard. I think the piles of rocks are the graveyard. Okay, okay, that's fair. But it's not like a traditional graveyard with headstones and stuff, right? Right. Uh, And it's, it's got like baskets in the trees with rocks in them and then it's got piles of rocks and they reference something that mary brown said that got cut from the movie but uh it's a verse from the old testament that talks about stacking piles of stones to commemorate both people and battles yeah and so there are piles of stones and there's a pile with three four five six seven so there's piles of stones around now yeah if you read closer it says that seven eight nine uh, well, actually, there's there's seven piles and seven children disappeared in the woods in the 40s. Oh, that's man. Yeah, yeah, that's I very scary. Which yeah. makes sense for why later there's three piles outside their oh. tent. Oh, my God, Paige, you just blew my mind. Man, this movie would have been scarier if I would have figured that out. Now, okay, I know there's a theory that they took her to the woods to kill her and there's no witch. Fine, whatever. But here's my alternate theory. Ooh, okay. Dun, dun. They freeze to death in the woods that night. This is like a Jacob's uh, Ladder situation? Okay, not exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah, yes and no. They make those piles because they are already dead, and that's why they can't get out of the forest. Okay. So the forest is purgatory. Oh, it's like the others. Kind of, yeah. It's just a theory. Yeah, okay. I don't think that's what the filmmakers intended. I I don't know for sure. I have not asked them. But I think for me, that makes the most sense for like when they're trying to walk south and they keep going south and they just get back to the river. Regardless, something is controlling their environment. And yeah. after that point, they cannot escape. Absolutely. Now, what it could also be is uh, one of them, I believe it's Josh, knocks over one of the rocks. Yes. And they have to replace it. Yeah, Heather puts it back together. Yeah. 
Right. But that theory you talked about where Josh and Mike just took Heather out to the woods to murder her is right. like so wrong based upon just what you see in the movie. It's not even funny. Like that is just like a clickbait YouTube video that got like 10 million views because people watched it not having seen the movie recently. Like if you watch the movie and then watch that video, it's like laughably bad. Yeah. I mean, it. I can see where they would get it, but it doesn't hold a lot of water, and it's definitely not what the filmmakers intended. Sure. It's also not what the filmmakers show on screen, but yeah. Right. So we cut to that night. They've made camp, and they actually go back to the piles of rocks to film footage at night. Yeah, which, bad idea. I would, honestly, at that point when we saw those rocks, I'm running until I find the car or civilization on some level. Mm -hmm. I would only do that if I was stoned. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you beautiful bastard. <laughs> Paige, head in hand right now. She's very upset with you. I know. I'm sorry. I'm- I mean, I'm since they're rocks to commemorate the dead, you could call them coffee rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie has to be like, what is happening in the studio right <laughs> We're now? We're starting a hair metal band. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All I can say is that I want a shirt in Slayer font yes. that just says coffin rock. <laughs> We do need new merch. <laughs> Coffin Rock and then Judy. <laughs> I love this. Anyway, so we cut back to the tent. So they like went out and got night footage. They came back to the tent and they start to hear things outside and they go to check it out, but they don't hear anything. Well, once they leave the tent, they don't hear anything. When they're in the tent, they hear like branches snapping and stuff. It's not yeah. as crazy as it gets on later nights, but it's right. still creepy. I mean, it's like on that line of like, I think they even say maybe it was like a deer stepping on like old wood that that's was cracking That's the or later whatever. one. Oh, is it? Okay. That's that's the next one. This one, they think maybe it's people from the village who have followed them. Oh, okay. Or from the town have followed them to mess with them. And when they're like, who would hike out this far to pester us? And he's like, deliver and I'm like, well, that's a horrible eventuality. I hope that doesn't happen to you. <laughs> I've never seen Deliverance. I don't. I don't know what happens. Uh, that's a horror film, right? Um, yes. Oh, we should do like. Oh, I have a good theme month. Southern horror. I want to do the movie Southern Comfort. I've never seen it. That's where a troop of Louisiana, like National Guard people, are in Louisiana, and they get in the, they get into it with Cajuns in the forest, and the Cajuns start murdering them all in the in the in the bayou. Fuck yes. So Mike says something really great right here, where he says, "If it was people," referring to the night before, I am playing with that. And if it wasn't people, I ain't playing with that. Also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remind me of Todd. That is very it's, much the, yeah. I don't believe it exists, but if it does, I'm not fucking with it. I'm not fucking with yeah. it. It's not real until it is, in which case. <laughs> Look, if there are people in the woods messing with you, that's why you get out of your tent, you shine a bright light on yourself, and you masturbate. It's like a dominance play page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're snapping twigs. You're snapping twigs. <laughs> <laughs> to impress a chick, do the helicopter dick. Oh. <laughs> and then maybe Heather liked me more. You know, like maybe that's my how I get ahead on this date. Maybe this has been a date the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is a very sad... <laughs> Sad turn of events for my life. I think you mean happy, happy turn of events for my life. (laughs) Wow. This is the first I've learned this is a date. Oh, I'm so glad I reached out to you, Heather. (laughs) I mean, Rachel. Oh, man. I was like, tell me everything. (laughs) So they start walking the next morning and Heather's picked a different route because she believes it's the most direct route back to the car. Right. Because they've got all the footage they want in the woods. Right. Yeah. And they get 
what she believes to be almost to the car, but not before it's going to go dark. So they have to camp one more night. Right. And I think she's just telling them, hey, we're almost there. We just got to camp because it's getting dark and we won't be able to find the car in the dark. Right. I think she's just telling them that because she is lost. Yeah. And she doesn't quite know what to do and just buying more time. And also, it is dark and it would be hard to find the car in the dark. Right. So even if they are near the car, she's right. Yes. But what we're finding out is they were supposed to be back already. So, like, they took longer than they thought because they were lost in the woods before. Yeah. And Mike is supposed to be at work tomorrow the next day. Josh is supposed to be home to his girlfriend. And so they're all pissed that they have to camp again. Um, But then this is the night where they hear something walking around them and they think it's a deer. Yeah. And this is where they come out and they're not seeing anything on video. And Mike is like, stop taping. This isn't what we're here for. And they wake up the next morning and this is when they find the piles of rocks outside the tent. The three piles of rocks, right? Like you said. Three piles. Oh, man. Knowing that the number of piles of rocks was the number of kids that died, that is so creepy. I mean, it was still creepy when I watched it both times I've seen it. But that makes it even more creepy. Yep. I think those rocks were on a date. Yeah. I mean, there was there were seven of them. So chances are two of them. <laughs> so the next day they get up and pack. They're trying to get ready to leave and they can't find the map. Yeah. And they basically attack Heather about this because she's had the map the whole time yeah. and she's gotten them lost. So they decide to go the way they've been going, which was south to basically follow the creek to get back to the car. I did think it was funny that she kept saying, like, her reasoning for, we're just going to keep going south, which honestly is probably a good idea. Find a body of water, right. follow it until you hit civilization. I think that's right. a great idea. But her, she keeps saying, this is America. Woods don't last forever. This is America. You can't do, like, yeah. I think she even says at one point, we've we destroyed, destroyed our, our natural, natural resources. resources. <laughs> well, if there's one thing I've learned about America the last couple of years is that we're not out of the woods. here's what i'll say and this supports more of my purgatory theory at this point they established they're supposed to be home people are waiting for them so people are going to come looking for them but they're still in the woods for another two days and no one looks for them and it's not a big woods necessarily like there's no helicopters there's no park rangers it's not there's about no, the size it's an of, average woods yeah i mean like yeah it's it, not the about the size of woods page i mean yeah it's people the, yeah. love them for who they are yeah. yeah i mean maybe it's a girthy wood but i'm just saying that like <laughs> if people were gone for two days in the woods and a lot of people know they went to the woods th- somebody would have found their car somebody would have flown over like something would have happened and it f- appears that a these woods are no longer finite the way they would be yeah i thought it was like a time warp situation to me it was tannis do you know that tannis yes page? I'm yes, sure yes, you yes, know. yes 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 yeah. so to me they reached tannis and then they, yeah. you're just trapped there right you're so, just trapped there yeah, yeah they're not really in the woods they are right. in tannis and they're stuck there and tannis yes. is just manifesting itself as the woods because right. that's where they stumbled into it right, right, that, right. so it's like Tannisitis? No. no. It's, like, it's like really bad tennis elbow. Tennis elbow is where your elbow just becomes Rasputin for a whole season. That's that's a joke for the like 10 people or whoever who listen to Tannis. The Tannis podcast, yeah. And guys, listen to it. It's a great narrative fiction podcast. It's really good. It is, except that they like can't figure out where their story's supposed to go. And so like they they never finish anything. It just goes on forever. It's like the Patreonicals. <laughs> yes and but here here's the thing mikey the fucking second a new tannis episode drops i'm listening to it like i i'm too far in it now 
Yeah, unlike the Patreonicals, the second a new Tannis episode drops, I'm listening to it. Yeah, because I'm like, what about the sleep therapist? She switched sides. <laughs> that sounds just <laughs> like the Patreonicals. <laughs> anyway, listen to Tannis. Or the Black Tapes is also very good by the same oh, like group the that does Tannis. I, I do like Black Tapes a lot. I prefer Tannis. So do I. I think Tannis for me, I couldn't get into Rabbits. Yeah, I didn't love Rabbits either, so I'm here with you on that. But... Tannis, yes. So they get in a fight because they don't have the map, but they don't know where they're going. And essentially, Mike reveals that he kicked the map into the creek yesterday because it wasn't helping them. And I was like, I would have murdered him at this point. And he's straight up laughing about it, Paige. I was so mad. I was like, what? I, ooh. I'd punch him in the face. Like, I wouldn't kill him because I don't think I have the ability to do that. But We need his meat, Todd. We're stuck in the woods. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> we need Mike's thick, girthy meat. You just cut into Mikey and you just hear this. <laughs> <laughs> the turkey's dry. It's like a Christmas vacation. <laughs> Mikey, you should fart more. I'm worried about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One day it's just going to all come out and then you'll go to the moon. Because that balloon <laughs> knot's so tight, Paige. <laughs> this is the grossest one I think we've ever done. Gro- grosser than when we talked about time traveling fetuses on Romancing the Pod. <laughs> oh, that was not our fault. I do feel like this sidetrack is our fault. That movie, <laughs> The Time Traveler's fair. Wife, made us have that conversation. Yeah. Anyway, so she takes the compass back. At this point, they're like, we're fucking dying in the woods. And so they start to get kind of despondent. But as they're walking through the woods, they find a clearing with a bunch of stick totems, like men made out of sticks hanging around. And then she does that thing where she just angles the camera and it's that giant stick man. And it's terrifying i hate this scene so much and i hate that like they stay there for a long time filming all of them and even the guys are like hey heather let's go and she's like let me just get it one more let me get one more they're like let's go i would have i would have been running away i've been like fuck you guys i have the tent i'm fine i'll see you guys back at the car or never again that's fine (laughs) the giant stick man really reminded me of tannis and and the horn and or tooth yes anyway so they leave and they start shouting in hopes that somebody will find them but there's no one else in the woods and they decide to camp but they're not going to light a fire or have any lights on because they think it's attracting animals yeah so anyway there's light on in the tent and they hear what sounds like little kids outside and this is where you get the hands on the tent and the like tent this is shaking. Terrified me back in the day. This in the theater was the scariest moment for me, like jump scariest moment. I think the yeah. eeriest moment was the guy standing against the wall. But this was the yeah. one that like I jumped out of my seat. It scared me so bad. Yeah. Well, and again, they should have been boning in that tent because when this tent's a rocking, you don't come a knocking. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> just instead of laughing, I'm just gonna punctuate things with farts. <laughs> Anyway, they run through the forest and they do see a huge stick man that wasn't there before. Yeah. And but that's all they see. They don't see any people, nothing. And we cut to the next morning where they've clearly been out in the woods all night, like just standing, looking for things. And the sun is finally up. 
They start to pack their stuff up. Hang on one second. When they run, and then like you hear them run, you see her scream or whatever. What's that? She's like, like what's mm-hmm. that? Ah. Yeah, that whole thing was super terrifying. What I think was even more scary for me was them complete darkness. They turn all the, li- the lights off, and then you hear them just like, oh my god, what is happening? Like they're whispering back and yeah. forth. Man, that like was so tense because I thought at any moment something was going to jump out at them. Mm-hmm. But then we never get that. And like there's no let off of that pressure. Yeah. And I hate that so much. It's so scary. I hate it. <laughs> well, they come back to the campsite and it's been tossed and there's yeah. slime on stuff, which is never explained. <laughs> I love that because Josh is like, oh, there's water all over my stuff. And Mike's like, that's slime. And he goes, no, it's water. No, it's slime. Like, what is Why is there slime all well, over everything? Hear me out. He's on a date with the Blair Witch. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't slime, baby. Later, they don't really address it a lot, but Heather uh, is constantly trying to clean stuff off her pants and her hands. Yeah. I think that's also slime, but we just don't hear about it a lot. Oh, I thought that was because we find out later that that thing that she... Yeah. finds and then opens and it looks like a tongue to me it may it not looks be like a tongue yeah but i, I thought she was just washing like the blood she does off that her hands too. and then she just has this compulsion to like keep wiping or washing her hands after that it could be i mean i don't know they don't really address it it's just like a like an actor's choice or something she does yeah they don't really explain it so regardless yeah Josh is starting to lose it and they're having to kind of let him sit and calm down even though he's just constantly finding blue jelly all over his stuff <laughs> I'll be honest with you. If this was happening to us, like the three of us, I would be losing my mind. You would have to kill oh, me. Yeah. Like I would be so freaking scared. Like I would not be any help to you on any I'd level. I'd be safe at home because I don't hike. This is why I don't camp. Like I, I used to camp, saw this movie, don't camp. <laughs> so that's like how it went for me. I would have tasted the jelly. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I would have been the one filling the tent with farts. <laughs> I was like, guys, we're not going to starve. This jelly's delicious. <laughs> what if the Blair Witch was trying to help them all along? <laughs> and she's like, have some of my blueberry jam. And- she's like, put it over cream cheese and serve it with crackers. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of food. What do you do? Eat the jam. <laughs> Eat the jelly. <laughs> I can't get down. I'm stuck floating, so I just pour it from above because it'll break the jars. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I love this. I want a shot-for-shot remake of this movie, but it's from the Blair Witch's perspective trying to help them, but she can't because she's wearing one floaty shoe like from Rick and Morty. <laughs> 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 I canned it myself. They're preserved. They're not stick people. They're improvisational cheese plates. <laughs> so they start walking the next day. They're going to go south as far as they can. And then they end up back at the same log. So they've basically gone in a giant circle, even though they just walked in one direction. Yeah. So the next day they're going to decide to go a different direction. So that's kind of where they've settled at, but they're camping and Josh is like badgering Heather. He's not doing great and he's making her cry and it's very uncomfortable, uh, but he's clearly losing it. But Mike is like, I guess I'm winning the date now. (laughs) (laughs) I think Mike has gotten to a point where he's like, either we have to be rational or we die. And it's likely that we die, 
but if I can avoid dying, the only way I'm going to do it is by trying to be rational. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes the first watch. They go to sleep in the tent. The next, and they're talking about like all the food they're going to eat and whatever, but we cut to the next morning and Josh is gone. Yeah. And around the tent is almost like a cage of brambles, which is kind of weird. As they like run out of the tent, it's almost like the basket that was holding the rocks got kind of built around them. Yeah. But this is where, so she hasn't found the pile of sticks yet. This is where she's trying to wash her hands and it seems like she's trying to wash slime off but they just don't talk about it i guess because jelly's sticky yeah she's like i'm not a big blueberry fan um (laughs) they decide to go east because the wicked witch of the west was the bad one although spoiler alert they were both bad (laughs) north and south are the good witches yeah have you not seen wicked (laughs) yeah bad is subjective Anyway, so they they put the tent away and they kind of walk for the rest of the day. And he asks her, what's your favorite thing to do on a Sunday? And she says it used to be hiking. I I thought that was very funny. Yeah, it was very funny. Uh, They set up camp again because they haven't seen Josh all day. And again, they've ended up back at the same spot and they hear shouting. And it sounds like a man in pain. It sounds like he's being tortured. Like, it doesn't sound like he's like, hey, I'm over here. Help me. It sounds like he's (laughs) like yelling in pain. So I would just go in the opposite direction at that point. I mean, Mikey, if that was you, I would run away. Yeah, I would run away from that town. I can't save you. No, absolutely not. It's like the ritual where at a certain point they're just like, save yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, if we're all three in the woods and like one of us gets kidnapped and then someone's torturing us, I'm just going to be like, he was a good person. Yeah. I'll be like, <laughs> if you're able to shoot me, please do so. Yeah. I want it to be like that scene in Stormship Troopers where like I start to get taken by an alien and Mikey grabs a gun. Instead of shooting the alien, he shoots me. So I die immediately. Like that is a kindness. Yeah. Yeah. But Mikey, don't do that just at random spots. Just do that. Like if I'm like going to be tortured to death, I'll be like, oh my God, Todd sprayed his ankle. (laughs) (laughs) Now he'll never do dressage again. I fucking love Starship Troopers. That's a great reference. Thank you. Thank you, Mikey. I try and work in things that are super topical. (laughs) Starship Troopers is always topical. So they go out to look for Josh, but they can't find him anywhere. Right. So they eventually go back to the tent. They go to sleep. They get up the next day and they find that pile of sticks like a totem and it's wrapped in Josh's shirt. Yeah, like they had ripped up his shirt and tied those sticks together. And then Heather takes apart the wrappings, opens it up, and sees that it looks like a tongue. At first, I thought it was a tooth, but then it's a little bit too big. We're not fully sure what it is. We don't get a good shot of it. It looks like a tongue. That's what I thought it was, too. And this is where she then starts compulsively wiping and washing her hands and putting her gloves on. Yeah. And I think it was the tongue, because at one point the night before, when Josh is, like, screaming and stuff, you hear him stop screaming, right? And I right. thought that they removed the tongue or the Blair Witch removed the tongue, no, whatever. I thought he had just finished with Blair Witch. <laughs> the thing that I find a little weird about it is because he's yelling for them the next night. Oh, allegedly. I didn't realize yeah. he was yelling for them the next night, too. Well, okay. the question is, is he or is it the witch trying to lure them? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point, though. I didn't think about that. Who knows? Anyway, so they, they kind of get ready. Again, they try to start walking in one direction. They don't make it any further. Mike tries to eat a leaf. Then we cut to the infamous nose cam where she's like, I want to apologize. Yeah. I'm sorry to everyone because I insisted and this was my fault. And I'm so scared and hungry. I'm so sorry. We cut to later in the night in the tent. They hear a noise. 
they think that they can hear Josh yelling for them. So they run out with cameras. Nope. I've been like, Todd's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same. I would not have run out at night to go find you. Yeah, no, because I'm not going to find you at night. I might unzip the tent and yell for you, but I'm not going to go nope. run out in the woods. Actually, on second thought, Mikey, you're fucked. You're dead. I'm literally going to stay put and pray to God that the witch doesn't come get me. I'm just going to stay eating that jelly. Yeah, Paige, get the jelly, pack up the can. We'll just walk <laughs> in the opposite direction, and that's the way. Yeah. The yeah. way is the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. But as they run through the night, they find a house, and it's an old dilapidated house, and they go inside. They follow Mike's voice. They first go upstairs and see a bunch of bloody handprints all over the walls. Yeah. And then they make it down into the basement. Mike goes first. The camera hits the ground. Heather is a few paces behind him, and she gets down to the basement and sees Mike standing, facing the corner. The camera falls, and, and that's, that's the, movie. the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about The Blair Witch Project? Uh, Jelly 10, movie 6. Uh, no, <laughs> it's frustrating to watch because of of the found footage. I find that very distracting. I know some people get like motion sickness watching stuff like it, this. It was giving yeah. me a headache. Hardcore. So I get that aspect of it for sure. But I do think some of the creepy elements hold up. I don't find it that scary anymore. I mean, obviously, it's I've seen it more than once. And I do think that the germ of the story is really interesting. I'm actually, having watched it now much later, I'm really interested in what hit the cutting room floor. That I'm kind of fascinated by. I kind of want to know what the what their planned mythology was, if that makes sense. I actually wonder if there was a planned mythology, because from what I understand about the way they made this movie, a lot of it was improv. I'll talk about it in fun facts. Okay, so yeah, I wonder if it's sort of like what we do in the shadows in the sense that they just shot a lot and then they were like, we can make these scenes a story. It's not. Okay. It's not like that. Okay, It's fair done enough. a little differently, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let, her, let her finish. Let her get I mean, there. I was just speculating. Paige, he kicked the podcast in the river yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, what did you think about it watching it this time? Um, I appreciate it. For its place in horror history um, Found footage changed horror I think uh, And this movie kind of put it on the map And so I appreciate that for what it is And it scared the shit out of me as a kid We've just grown so far And like the improv seems too fake now And I, I again I do think it's creepy But I think it's just It's hard to go back and like enjoy it that makes sense for me. I enjoyed it less than I thought I was going to rewatching it. Fair enough. This is only the second time I had seen this movie and I was very freaked out by it a second time. It was very scary. The fact that you don't ever see anything. So it just builds tension and then it builds more tension and then it builds more tension. And there's never like a big let off jump scare. It's just oppressively building tension the whole movie. It just destroys me. I'm so scared. Like the, the one jump scare really in this movie is the tent scene. Yeah. And that gets me. But then it amps it up. It immediately continues with the scary. Like, I don't know, man. It was very hard for me to watch it. I had to pause it and go downstairs and talk to Natalie for a bit. I did not let her watch it with me, though, because last time I watched this movie on a date, that person never talked to me again. So... <laughs> I know, it must have been rough for Eric not to talk to you. <laughs> anyway, this movie really scared me this time. Not as much as the first time, but I was still very scared by this movie. And then there's some ripoffs of this, and then Paranormal Activity comes along and like takes this concept and like ratches it up to like 100. Yeah, that, that, the original Paranormal Activity 
I actually really do enjoy as a found footage movie. I think they were very inventive in kind of the things that they did with mm-hmm. it. All that to say, this movie is very inventive. Yeah, I mean, this movie invents it. I don't know that it invents it. I think that there were found footage movies before this, but it really, like, popularizes found footage. They were few and far between, and they weren't done quite this way. Oh, okay. I mean, you there were there are mockumentaries and stuff before, but it hadn't necessarily been applied to horror. The term found footage basically comes from this movie because it's the idea that the people died and you found their footage. Right. And that's how we have it. That's a way to establish it. Yeah, Todd. Um, But I mean, all all that documentary style filmmaking for things that are not documentaries. Todd's like the first found footage film was this is Spinal Tap or whatever. Fucking Spinal Tap is fucking great. Yeah. But that's a mockumentary. That's not a found footage film. Yeah. They found that footage in an editing room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where it's supposed to be Yeah so just so I can defend myself I just looked it up Mikey The first found footage movie was called The Connection and it was In the 60s in the 1960s I bet they've retroactively applied The name found footage to that Oh movie. damn Cannibal Holocaust is considered found footage Oh, oh. And that was 1980 That makes sense Suck it Mikey Ooh, Cannibal Holocaust. A movie we'll never do Yeah Oof. So Paige do you have some fun facts for us Yes. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Blair Witch fun Fun facts. facts. So I want to concentrate a little bit on, A, the making of this movie, how it happened, and then what happened after. I will have to recuse myself from budget and box office because I know. Sure. But I won't mention them. I'll let Todd do that. So uh, Dan and Eduardo, who are the writer-director duo, came up with the idea in film school after watching one of the later Nightmare on Elm Street installments where they were like, This is terrible. (laughs) Oh, I bet it was a new nightmare. I think it was. This movie comes out in 99, but it was in progress. Like, they worked on the idea for years and shot it like a couple years before 99. So new nightmare makes sense. I think that's probably what it was. Because it's so meta. They came up with the idea in 1993. That came up on my box office research. Yeah. Yeah. And they essentially started brainstorming of like, what's the opposite of that horror wise? Like, what could a horror movie be that's not that? Um, And they started kind of brainstorming about being stuck in a haunted house and you can't get out and you're just kind of having to follow people. And the idea was that the house would be in the middle of the woods and people would stumble upon it and then they can't get out. So that was their original idea. That sounds pretty good, too. It does. I love haunted house movies. It does sound really good. It sounds a lot like Hell House LLC, to be honest with you. No, no, it sounds like Grave Encounters. Oh, I mean, Grave Encounters, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, it sounds a lot like their original kind of pitch and idea, to me, sounds a lot like Grave Encounters, or what Grave Encounters wanted to be, if that makes sense. And they kind of refined the idea over the years. They brought it to another friend in film school named Greg Hale, who will go on to produce the film. And they eventually come up with a script in quotes that's basically an outline but it was three act structure it basically had everything except the dialogue it was 40 pages uh it's a lot like if you remember back from when we did terminator it's a lot like the terminator treatment which is basically like this happens this happens this happens here's this character here's their motivation this happens this happens this happens this is why where it's literally by the time you get to the scripting stage, you're just filling in dialogue. Yeah. So it's everything but. Yeah. So then they decided to cast. They didn't have a lot of money, but they held casting in L.A., Orlando, and New York. The first one they found was Josh. They found him in New York, and they hired him 
because he could operate a camera <laughs> and he was a, okay yeah he was a videographer and a writer at the and he was about 19 at the time so like he wasn't necessarily an actor but just like he could operate the film camera after that they placed an ad in casting magazines and the ad read as follows attention casted improvisational feature film hfp is holding an open call for the black hill project which is what they called it okay non-union with pay travel and meals shooting october to november for three weeks in maryland seeking women and men 18 to 25 with natural look in all caps it then says extremely challenging roles and then to be shot under very difficult conditions Saturday, August 23rd, 1 to 7 p.m., 3rd floor, Musical Theater Works, Lafayette Street, New York. Callbacks midday Sunday by selection only. They legit held an open call, man. They held an open call. Wow, okay. And even with an open open call that says, extremely challenging, like this is going to be shitty. Yeah. Uh, there was a line of people to audition for it. That does not surprise me, man. And Mike showed up to the open call and at the open call, they would have them improv. So they would give them a scenario and just say, you served 10 years of a 25 year prison sentence. Why should you get parole? And most people would come and be like, so are there sides? Like, how am I auditioning? And they just didn't get what the filmmakers are going for. Right. But Mike came in and he's like, you got to give me parole. <laughs> he just like <laughs> launches into You, it. as we've said many times, you got to commit to the bit. Got He commits to the bit. Yeah. And he, and he went to the audition because in the ad it mentioned camping and he liked camping. <laughs> you might also say he's the accidental actor. <laughs> he's the accidental actor. Uh, Heather was an acting student at the time and she saw an ad that they had posted in the hallway at the place where the open call was. And it had an additional sentence that said, this shoot will be grueling. We don't care about your comfort, but we do care about your safety. And the entire thing will be improvised. And she was and she says, and I quote, game on. This sounds amazing. So she came into the audition and they said that she was one of the only people that they saw that they were like improv. And she just went zero to 60. They were like, she went to a crazy place so immediately that we were like, yes. Commit to the bit, baby. That's Commit how you get to the it. bit. Yeah, absolutely. Commit to the bit. What if you don't like committing? <laughs> you, you shouldn't be an actor. Yeah, you shouldn't be an actor. So what they did not know is that they, they were told it was going to be improv in the woods. Now, Dan Myrick, M Myrick, M-Y-R-I-C-K, and Eduardo Sanchez, the writer and director, have actually planned out 98% of the movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, it is planned. What the actors don't know, because they basically didn't tell the actors much, they would give them cameras and they would feed them only the information they needed to convince them to do the things they wanted the characters to do. So it's more like Tropic Thunder yeah. in a way. Okay, All right. I'm here for it. Yeah, they, they know they're in a movie, but... The writer, director, and their producer, Greg, they have a detailed plan of the shots that need to happen and where and a safety plan. And they have the woods mapped out so they know where everyone is. And they secretly followed them through the woods unbeknownst to the actors the entire time. So maybe they were the ones making the noises in the woods. <laughs> they were. I'm sure they were. Yeah. So they then also, and this is the early days of GPS. It's brand new. They gave each of the actors GPS guides and would send them to individual coordinates 
they they would also tell them a series of things that could happen to them, but they didn't know what would happen to them while they're out in the woods because they wanted to get their actual reactions to things that were happening. Yeah, they want their genuine reactions, yeah. So then they would send them GPS coordinates to lead them to a series of film canisters. So each person every morning would get their own, and it would give their instructions for the day. They're not allowed to show them to each other, and what they don't know is that the film canisters contradict each other. So the canisters would say things like, like, Heather knows more than she's letting on. You need to confront her about it. Oh, my God. So they're, like, pitting them against each other. This needs to be a reality TV show. It's madness. I love this. So to get the shots that they want, every day they'd be like, okay, so we said this to these people, to this person and this person, and it resulted in this. Now we're going to tell them this. So it is, in a sense, a reality show, in a way. And all they told the actors was shoot everything, react naturally, scream and yell, and then run in this direction and stop when you see this thing. Yeah. So, like, essentially, they're reacting to what their perceived reality is in the moment. They were asked to stay in character the whole time, but that's impossible. Right. So the actors came up with code words so that they could confirm that everyone was out of character and then talk. They have safe words. (laughs) Yeah, and their safe word was taco. Oh, delicious. Yeah, delicious. The entirety of the nose speech that I'm scared is improvised. Oh, wow. She did a great job with that, man. Well, she was given a note that says, you realize now that you're going to die, say what you need to make amends. Like that was her note for the day. Yeah, okay. So they finished the movie. They filmed it over three weeks. They returned to their normal lives. They figure it's a student film. Nothing's going to happen with it. Yeah. But- it gets into Sundance and they're like, well, that's pretty cool. But mind you, yeah. they've already been paid. They don't make any extra money on this. They've been paid for their participation in the movie. Yeah. And so they were like, well, maybe some people will see it at Sundance. That's pretty fun. But what they didn't realize was that Artisan Pictures was going to buy the movie. They bought it at Sundance and then they marketed it and told everyone that all three of them were dead and used their real names and their likenesses yeah. on the website. And this film was one of the first movies to have a corresponding website. So people start to believe that it is real and that they are dead and it kills all of their acting careers if they wanted to have one after. Some of them didn't, but Heather did because people didn't believe she was who she said she was. She'd be like, yeah, I'm in Blair Witch Project. And they're like, no, you're not. That girl's dead. (laughs) She died when they made that movie. Oh, my God. She (laughs) died. People were calling her family. People were, like, showing up to her family's house. Like, she gets essentially doxxed by this movie. And she's living in L.A. at the time, dirt-ass poor, staring up at billboards of her own face that she makes no money off of. Because once it enters distribution, she doesn't get money. Yeah. The movie just gets sold, and she is shit out of luck. And her face is everywhere, and she has nothing to claim for it. And when asked what the worst part of all of this was, was she basically says, it's hard to pick. It's really bad to have people be angry at you for being alive. But also the overarching <laughs> feeling that it would have, yeah, the overarching feeling that it would been would have been more convenient for people if you actually were dead. Oh, and the man. realization, yeah, the realization that giving an honest performance kind of shot me in the foot. I should have stopped and put mascara on. Maybe I shouldn't have worn layers, that kind of thing. Always wear layers. That's what I've yeah. learned. She just said I shouldn't have worn layers. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the one thing she got right. 
That's what you're going to say on your deathbed. Yeah. Give me another blanket. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I was in this position where I was the face of this thing that blew up and I was utterly unprotected. Because she's not hired by artisans. She's not paid. So she doesn't have security. She doesn't have money. She doesn't have any of it. She is completely exposed. An artisan does not care. And it ruins her life, essentially. It's pretty sad. But there you go. Those are your not so fun facts. Oh, man. Some of those are fun. So those last ones, pretty dark. Those are kind of yeah. dark, like the woods. Yeah. Well, thank you for those facts, though, Paige. We appreciate it. Is she okay now? We'll talk about that because I have an update on what all of them are doing. Oh, yay! Okay. So yay. Well, let's talk box office first. So, what do you think the budget was for this movie when they shot it in like 98, 99? I know, so I will recuse myself. Okay, Mikey, what do you think it was? $80,000. Okay, honestly, not a bad guess. When they originally shot it, uh, the original budget was in between $35,000 and $60,000. So, somewhere in there. And that includes film, that includes acting, like paying those yeah, yeah, actors. Yeah, yeah. So when Paige was talking about how much like Heather made for playing herself in this movie. It was like $1,200 or something. She, she probably didn't make much because yeah. the majority of those costs were probably f- the actual film in those cameras. But Well, and there's uh, allegedly for actual production costs. Well, yeah, we'll get into it was, post-production because the budget does grow after they shoot because post-production typically cost more because that's where you do your editing and post post film effects and, it took and stuff them like that years yeah years to edit this movie yeah so with that the costs balloon up to about six hundred thousand dollars but that initial budget to shoot this was between 35 and 60 and then post-production moved that budget to around six hundred thousand dollars but the actors didn't see any of that bump up in budget. They were paid out of that thirty-five to sixty thousand dollar bucket, which is yeah. not a lot. I mean, but they thought it was like a student film. I bet they thought if they got five thousand dollars each, they were like, "Sweet, five thousand dollars for a student film? That's great." I don't think they even got that. I think it was around fifteen hundred or something like that. I mean, honestly, though, I've done productions where I would have taken any money and did it for yeah. free. So, like, yeah. I get it, right? So, I understand yeah, yeah, why yeah. they agreed to be in this movie because they didn't know that. A, it would go to Sundance. Yeah. When it was at Sundance, Artisan, as you mentioned, Paige, decided to distribute the film and paid $1.1 million for the rights to that distribution. Mm-hmm. They don't see any of that money, like Paige was saying. Yeah. But when Artisan releases it in theaters, it was released on July 16th, 1999, and it was 16th in the theaters. The weekend it came out. And I'll go ahead and tell you up front, it was only in 27 theaters. I think it gets a wider release, too. Oh, no, it does. We'll get to that. But it was 16th in the theaters when it came out. So what do you think it made? Remember, just in 27 theaters. What do you think it made in those 27 theaters on the weekend of July 16th, 1999? A million dollars. Yeah, I I know, so I have to recuse myself. Okay, so it makes... $1.5 million. So that's not a lot of money. It made more than its budget plus its distribution deal, that $1.1 million, but it's not a lot of money. It went on to make a lot more money, and we'll talk about how it got to that. But this per theater average at $56,000 per theater is one of the highest I've ever seen for a movie. Like, for instance, the number one movie that weekend was Eyes Wide Shut. It made $21.7 million. It was in 2,411 theaters. Its per theater average was $9,000. And that is like a hit movie per theater average. Yeah. The Blair Witch Projects was $56,000. Okay, so the next weekend, it was in 31 theaters. It made... $1.9 million that next weekend. Yeah. So the weekend after that, someone was like, we should 
put this in more places. Absolutely. It was only in 31 theaters, made $1.9 million, a per theater average of $63,000. Insane. They then give it a much wider release. This is its third week out. It gets into 1,101 theaters. Take a guess. What do you think it made that weekend? $20 million. Paige, do you, do you have to recuse yourself or can you guess? Yeah, I have to recuse myself, okay. yeah. I figured you saw a lot of this when you were doing your research. Yeah. So it made $29.2 million in that third weekend out. And again, that's it was number two in the theaters. That is a theater average of twenty six thousand dollars uh and then it stays at number two that next weekend it makes another 24 million dollars again this is four weeks after it's yeah. out so it's like just making money over money and then it's fifth week out it starts to drop a little bit but still makes 14 million dollars so this is one of those movies that is like the definition of a slow burn it's out for two yeah. weeks it does insanely well in the few theaters it's in and then artisan has some money to get it into other theaters and it just blows up so mikey since Paige has to recuse herself what do you think it made domestically in the box office for its entire theatrical run 100 million dollars oh man mikey you're close it's 140 million dollars dang which is insane for the time right and if you adjust for inflation because remember that was in 1999 that 140 million dollars it's actually 140.5 million dollars is actually a lot closer to 229.1 million dollars it's a lot for a horror movie and that's just domestically what do you think it made internationally mikey I don't know. Back then, we didn't really care about other countries. <laughs> I like you say back then like we do now, but that's funny. What do you think it made? Box office. Box oh, yeah. office Th wise. That's fair. So what do you think internationally it made? 50, 50 million. Okay, so you're pretty off. It made $107.7 million Dang. for a total box office run worldwide of $248.3 million. And again, that's in 1999. If you adjust for inflation, that's 404 point nine million dollars this thing was a hit it was a mega hit and the three main actors probably made about fifteen hundred dollars for their work in this film yeah and remember they had the cameras so technically they also filmed this film yeah they shot this film all right so let's talk a little bit about what everyone's done since then so josh leonard who played josh in this movie he actually has done a lot of acting since this he has 89 actor credits he actually has done a lot of work with the Duplass brothers and it honestly seems like he is in like the in crowd in hollywood but he's not like the main guy you go to right he's just like one of those bit players that's in a lot of things and it's recently too where there was a a chunk of time where he did nothing and now in the last i would say 10 years because this movie is 20 years old remember in the last 10 years he racked up most of those credits so okay so in 1999 he was in three different movies two of them were blair witch related though blair witch project mm -hmm. and the curse of the blair witch where he played himself in both of those but he yep. was also mm -hmm. in the blur of insanity in 2000 he has four acting credits one of which is men of honor which is like a big movie from that time it, it, it's cuba gooding jr in it in, yeah yeah in 2001 he has five credits nothing that like blew up but a lot of things there so he honestly acted pretty he steadily, steadily after this cool. yeah but everyone else page had that sort of trajectory and we'll talk yeah. about that so heather 
I think is my favorite because I mean, as you mentioned, her life was sort of not destroyed, but they went out of their way to convince the world. She specifically was was dead and someone who's trying to get roles. Like that's something your agent would say to you. Like, uh, I can't get you any meetings. Everyone thinks you're dead. Like (laughs) they did think she was dead. So she did one thing before this in 97. It was probably another student thing, but she did this in 1999. And then she did the other curse of the black witch TV movie Mm -hmm. thing that they all did. Right. And then she did a few things early 2000s, but like nothing was nothing was big. Right. Right. Nothing was like men of honor big like with Josh. Right. She stopped acting in 2008. I'm not sure if it's because she wasn't getting work or she fell out of love with it. But she left acting in 2008 to become a medical marijuana grower. And in oh, nice. Two, yeah. And in 2011, she signed a publishing deal for her book debut, Grow Girl, about her time mm-hmm. as a marijuana grower. Oh, good for her. So she is running her own medical marijuana grow dispensary kind of a thing. And honestly, she has just been announced to be in an upcoming movie. So she's getting back into acting. Good for her. Um, now, the last person we haven't mentioned was Mike. And Mike honestly did not do a whole lot out. After this, he did some TV parts and has been in some recent stuff. Like he had a credit from 2001, but it was a it was a short. So I don't know if that yeah. even got anywhere. But he is actually he has some projects in post production, so he actually is still acting, but not as much as like Josh is per se. Um, right. But the last thing I saw from him is he now works as a guidance counselor in addition to running acting classes and uh, directing school plays in Winchester, New York. Oh. So it sounds like they all sort of landed on their feet in their own respective careers. It seems like Josh Eventually, had yeah. the, like you would say, quote unquote, best career and actually is married to Allison. Is it Allison Pill? Hang on. Oh, no oh. way. Yeah, it Mike is. is? Oh. No, Allison no, Pill? not Mike. Josh is Josh. married to Allison Pill. Yeah. Who I think she's great. I I think she's a great actress. But anyway, so I I would say if you wanted to to pursue a career in acting, Josh had the best career. But everyone seems to have sort of landed on their feet after this movie convinced the world they were dead. Yep. Uh, If you want to know more about the fun facts for this movie, because they are plentiful. There is an oral history uh, by The Week magazine online but also uh wizard and the bruiser has a pretty comprehensive episode about it highly recommend i love wizard and the bruiser mm-hmm. and guys if you're interested in what it's like to uh, have your own medical marijuana grow farm by grow girl which was written by the uh heather in this movie there you go <laughs> anyway so that's your box office slash where are they now yay all right so mikey um hit him with that scary scale yeah Scary scale listeners is how scary we found the film this time when we watched it. It's a scale is one to ten. It's not a scale of quality, just a scale of how scared we were today. Uh, our one example is Ghostbusters, and our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Paige. Oh, this is a one for me. Man, okay, I know you guys are going to get mad at me. I'm going to give this a seven. Wow. Yeah. I was really what? scared, yeah. And honestly, to find out that that date wasn't a date, that's a nine for me. That was the scariest <laughs> part of the whole thing. I'm going to give it a one. Wow, really? Fine. That's fine. Well, what did scare me, and I give a six, is that you thought that you were on a date with a woman, and that scares me for her. I feel like, in all fairness, Paige agrees with me. I was raised very religious in a church setting, and that was a normal thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank yep. you very much. All right, so this week, you guys made me watch The Blair Witch Project. What are you guys making me watch next week as we continue Camp Month? Well, there might be something uh, before that. Before next Monday? Yeah, you know, like maybe there's a special day. Or something coming up. Uh-huh. I'm not I'm not 100%. Yeah, like look at your calendar and see if there are any Fridays that end in 13 or yeah. whatever. It's do fine. Do you yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
Rebecca Black. Friday. Gotta get killed by Jason on Friday. Friday. It is Jason, right? Yeah, it's Jason. Okay. I you don't know. You finally got it right. Jason and Mike Myers are the same character to me. They are not. That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, you may see a Friday the 13th Part 6 drop on Friday. But what are you guys making me watch next Monday? Also, we'll be joined by Jonathan Watkins of CinemaSins. Because every time we do one of these, I make him do this. So, Jonathan, <laughs> thank you so much for putting up with the Friday the 13th episodes. We He's always like, do you want me on other episodes? <laughs> We're like, no, just Friday the 13th episode. Just Friday the 13th. We appreciate Jonathan so much for his work on this series. <laughs> I just remember the last one we did where he's like, when's the next one? August? Man, that's forever away. And I'm like, oh, my God, we've been home this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Page we oh, have. Yeah. And that was last year. I know. Yeah. This is the first Friday the 13th this year. In fact, I think there's Yeesh. only one this year. And I think there's two next year. Anyway, so what are you guys making me watch for next Monday? Hey, everyone. This is a future Todd breaking into the regularly scheduled podcast because we actually had to change the movie that we were doing this week because in the time in which we decided to do the movie we were going to do and the time we were actually able to all watch it. It was no longer available for streaming. So we changed the movie to Madman, the 1981, 82, 83. I know it was released over three different years. We'll talk about it in fun facts. So check out the 1981, 82, or 83 Madman for next week. I now return you to the regularly scheduled podcast already in progress. Maybe we should hit him with some uh, reviews. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Definitely not. While you're looking up a review to read, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and then Mikey will read it on the podcast. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? JMartF25. All right. Well, what does JMartF25 have to say? My husband's favorite podcast. <laughs> I like how it's not theirs, but they're still leaving us their five-star <laughs> review, so I'm okay with it. But, like, I, I appreciate this. Every Sunday, my husband wakes up, and the first thing he does is start blaring your podcast. That means they're a Patreon supporter because only our Patreon members get that Director's Cut episode a day early. All right, calm down, detective. <laughs> Elementary, my douche, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, sometimes he'll say things about the podcast and I and think, okay, wait. Sometimes he'll say things about the podcast and think, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry, but when he's listening during car rides, I just fall asleep. Aww. I don't remember. <laughs> this was great. I don't remember flame copter quotes. I don't remember, or winky blinky or mega tape. Hang on. Are we sure this is a five star review? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully it goes. All I know about the host is that some some guy killed another guy, but it's a joke or something. <laughs> I love this review. This is the review I would write because this is how much I listen to the podcast. Yeah. Mart. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you're all perfectly nice, but I'm not a podcast person. I hear it's a dying medium. <laughs> Wait, did they say I hear it's a dying medium? Or are you saying that? Yes, they said it. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the one dude's voice is over the top. <laughs> wow. I feel attacked for you, Mikey. How dare they say that about your voice? <laughs> Don't worry. You didn't give our son cancer. <laughs> for someone who doesn't listen to the podcast and falls asleep during it, they know a lot of like the very specific jokes to hurt me specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it ooky spooky. Yay. That's a thing you say, right? <laughs> Five stars. 
Wow. All right. Well, Jmart F25, thank you so very much for creative. that. Very, very creative. Yes, Mikey. Five-star review. And if you want to have your review read of the podcast, leave us that five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. It's If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd awesome. Well, we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's, Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. Nick B. Fun fact about Nick B. Oh, yeah? He prefers to be buried under a pile of rocks. It's in his last will and testament. Oh, well, I'll keep that in mind for when we're at his funeral. When you bury people outdoors, you do put rocks on top of them so the animals don't dig them up. That is like a thing. But also, they're not using that body anymore, so, like, give the animals food. Yeah, feed them up, guys. Why are you being so stingy with that body, Nick B? Yeah. This episode also brought to you by... Ori! Ori. And Ori's great. I don't know if you guys had this, but before we started the podcast, they left me a canister with my opinion about the movie and what your opinions were on the movie <laughs> and that Mikey had already reached out to somebody and like got some ammunition towards me. So I knew that was going to happen because Ori told me in a film canister. Good job, This Ori. episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business and Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook and if you have any spider, scorpion, centipede, millipede or if you have the need for peed! <laughs> then check out Brandon's bug business actually called bug cage company on Facebook. This episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix TV show and also the agent Carter TV show. So check it out. There's a lot of episodes so you can uh, binge a lot. This episode also brought to you by awesome possum blossom and awesome possum blossom wants me to give you some awesome possum facts. So here's one for you. And this is a big thanks to both Alice who started this thread on Facebook and I saw this. Jeff, I believe who tagged me in it again when I asked last week. So I'm just going to go through a lot of these. Here's the first one. No, one at a time. Weekly. I'm going to go through one of these. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Don't first, give it all away. Yeah, the first entry this week, possum fact. Possums store their babies in their mouths. But that's your possum fact for this week. 
Brought to you by Austin. I've had plenty of women store my babies. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, I don't have time to edit this episode, so no cuts. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> I was just going to say that most possums, I think, carry their babies on their backs. Well, yeah, after they store them in their mouths. You heard the fact page. Let's move on. So you're saying <laughs> they, they spit. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Tia. Tia And Tia is new And she honestly just wanted us to talk about how Our podcast gets her through life with her teenager <laughs> Sorry, my phone went off So I think we should uh, Instead of just saying that every week I think we should make up how her teenager Is bothering her this week I think this week Her teenager just Did not put her phone on silent While she was trying To record a podcast Ooh <laughs> Ooh That seems very specific It does indeed I wonder where he got The idea for that Honestly I don't know Just off the top of the dome God You're like the usual suspects Over here <laughs> Kaiser Soze. So we now return you to another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> I always love when he says "Welcome back," but you can clear and clearly hear in his mind he's like, "Shit, I should have planned this." <laughs> <laughs> Last week, yep. So a lot of things happened, and it could have been really confusing for everyone. A lot of things went down last week. A lot of things went down last week. What were the questions you asked at the end of last week's episode? Did you do you keep though? Do you keep notes? Absolutely not. Off the top of the dome, then they're gone. All right. <laughs> well, I remember that most evil Matthew didn't he kill a bunch of puppies? No, it was manatees. You bastard. Oh, it was manatees. Yeah. Look at you pretended not to know, and you fell for my trick. <laughs> You're just playing that 4D chess, Mikey. Yeah. It's playing farty chess. Oh, boy. <laughs> Paige, you and I both know he's not. <laughs> so this week, uh -huh. most evil Matthew heads to the grave of Mr. Rogers. Oh, no. Oh, I don't like this at all. That man is a saint. How dare you? He's so evil that he goes... He talks his girlfriend, Kaylee. I didn't realize that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. Now, I guess they had that define the relationship conversation. Yeah, right? they had to have a talk, which was like, ah, you know, like, let's not label it, label it. Let's like exclusively be evil together. <laughs> I don't want to be evil with anybody else, but I don't want to tie myself down to your specific evil yet. But like San Diego, the airport, I would I would like to drive you in and you would like to drive me, but we're just exclusively evil. We don't want to rush labels. Right. I do feel like, Paige, that this is something that's stolen from Mikey's life. I mean, maybe or maybe he's just like, I don't have a label maker and I've been meaning to get one, but. Oh, I've got a label maker. It's my dick. <laughs> Oh my god Never mind, Never mind. <laughs> it's, We're getting off track So anyway, Mr. Rogers' grave Evil Matthew pisses on the grave And then kisses Kaylee deeply So deeply, with tongue That's deep Yeah, he goes 115% Isaac Species. is forced to watch With his control collar And so is Damasaurus And they don't want to watch But most evil Matthew, of course is a boundary violator and like they he orders them to stare at them while they're making out a lot and it's like going with Todd and Natalie I to knew choose. you were gonna bring this up <laughs> I knew it 
<laughs> and all I can see is Damasaurus trying to cover his hands or trying to cover his eyes with his he arms, can't. but he can't reach him because they're so short. He can't. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. It just reminds me of—I I don't know if either of you saw the movie Zola, but there's a point at which she's in the same room with somebody having sex, and she just turns, and as the narrator just goes, "They had sex." It was gross. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, Mikey, I'm not responsible for what happens at Chewy's. Man, that creamy jalapeno sauce gets me loose. It's good. (sighs) I will drive 45 minutes for some creamy jalapeno and a chicken chicken boom boom. Let's go. What's a chicken chicken boom boom? It's a chicka chicka boom boom. And it's uh What is it? It's like two enchiladas and beans and rice. <laughs> There's just oh. so much better Mexican options everywhere on earth. I, I don't want to get into this right now. Honestly, I go to Las Palmas like twice a week. So like that's where right? I go to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so while desecrating Mr. Rogers' grave. <laughs> oh wait, they're doing it on Mr. Rogers' grave? <laughs> Yeah. The cardigans. Think of the cardigans. (laughs) Taylor Swift is so mad right now. He sends Danielle, the moon queen, and her general, Aaron. They both knock on the door to Mrs. Rogers' house (gasps) and hold up a tablet live streaming Most (laughs) Evil Matthew. Most Evil Matthew is banging Kaylee on Twitch right now. Yeah. (laughs) They're doing a hot tub stream. It's disgusting. It is. It sounds terrible. Who could have sex with someone with a goatee like that? Listen, when I was in the band and had a goatee, I know a few ladies that would have sex with the guy with a goatee. That's all I'm saying. How many other people were on the date, though? (laughs) Well, the three other band members... If we're including the times I had sex at the venues we were playing at. How often was that, Todd? Pretty... Do I need to DM you about the BMs on this one? No, I'll just tell you. It was pretty often. Good, good for you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> to close it out, the good guys have developed to have an airship. Uh, Karun and Amy built it. It's like a space good ship. The space... Space good ship. That's what we're going to call it from now on. Wow. I Honestly, you've gotten really good at the naming thing. You've nailed it. No notes, honestly. No notes. <laughs> good. I don't take notes. <laughs> Physical or otherwise. Anyway, Dave was like, I can't do this anymore. And he just jumps off and lands. He tries to land on them to kill them, but he misses and just splatters. Oh, that's one of those things that like you don't know you have failed your mission until like it's way too late. Oh, yeah. that's that's hard to take. That's rough. Sorry, he, Dave. He hit he hit Barney's grave. <laughs> that checks out. And Domasaurus is like real mad about that for some reason. <laughs> he was her grandpa. <laughs> so Kate flies down. For the record, that's how I've always pictured Domasaurus. Just a heads up. <laughs> yeah. Kate flies down with our people and because uh, she's got the telekinesis. Who are the people that she flies down with? Well, I'm going to go through them one by one and tell you what they're doing. So to stop him, Eddie summons all the rats from the graveyard to fight them, and they 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 charge forward. Is this this is going to be a setup for a big battle for next week? Since I'm going, we're going to record soon. I'll remember this. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Karun just comes down. And he's trying to talk to Dumbledore. like we've got to get off Earth, man. You've got to you got to like fight it. You got to fight it. You're my best friend. And then he slaps him with his tiny T Rex paws. That was a funny joke to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Come over here. Get close enough for me to slap you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sasha is like watching Eddie summon the rats and like I think it's rekindling something deep inside her <laughs> anyway we'll go into that next week <laughs> that's gonna be something we're gonna need more time to explore we're gonna, we're gonna have to unpack that in an episode um, uh, Scott runs up and punches uh, Isaac out of the grave because they're fighting and whatever and all the while like even most evil Matthews they're still going at it and uh, 
that's when um, Wes, a ghost from the future, appears and he looks like fog. And he's like, the world's going to end again. We need everyone's help. And then another person appears. And his name's Dreskel. And he's got Chip and Dale on his shoulders. And he said, you forgot about the Illuminati. We're still around, bitch. And then... Uh, chip, 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 and Dale. Right on a Dreskel. <laughs> chip, 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 and chip Dale. Chip, and Dale. When there's mescal. <laughs> we don't know what mescal is, but you might next week on... Oh, it's sorry. like tequila, but different. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. How many fighting rats live in Mr. Rogers' graveyard? What kind of sex would Mikey consider the most evil sex? Where can I find a label maker small enough for Mikey's dick? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The Patreonicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Have an amazing week. Yes. Bye. Map nerds. Date night nerds. Ah.